beautiful people. Welcome back to another episode of The Concrete Diaries. Okay, so tis this season, a season so bright, we are officially in the last month of this dreadful, turbulent, trying-ass year, and... You know, I'm not even going to say we made it. (laughs) I'm going to let December just rock out because we never know what 2020 might pull. This year has been one of the most, if not the most, trying year of my existence. But we're not even going to... harbor on that. We're going to move forward. So like I said, I'm coming back before we really jump into this week's pick. I do want to touch on Fresh Water by by Akwekwe Amenzi. And like I said, I would be coming back to discuss this book when I finish reading it. And here's the thing couldn't finish reading it. Um, it was, it was a lot for me. I really tried with this one, but I could not finish reading it. I researched, I searched it up. I did the spark notes route and here's what I came across. With this interpretation and analysis, it really broke down the story for me to understand. Um, because I wasn't getting it. So it basically said that this novel is based off the Igbo religion. Igbo, Igbo religion. Don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. I apologize. And how there are three different types of supernatural entities, the ancestors, spirits, and God. So it explores the concept of the Ombanji, Obanji, and how it's a spirit that usually possesses like female children and how like the goal is to cause the mother of that child to suffer. Um, So it explores basically how Ada, the lead character, is in a Obanji her father prayed for her birth and her father is originally like came from London and then moved to Nigeria, um, married his Malaysian wife. So this child was born with spirits in her mind and she grew up with like angry, violent outbursts. And then as she ages, she develops separate selves. So in the U.S., that would be considered um, did dissociative identity disorder. But in Nigerian belief, they don't recognize that as mental illness or a disorder. It's just being born with spirits. So... Basically, the Obanji is a spirit child who is born repeatedly to the same parents 
taunting and torturing them with many reincarnations at the same time. Um, this book was a lot. I have constantly said this book is graphic. And if you are not prepared with certain situations, I would not recommend reading it. It was a lot for me. And, but at the same time, I wouldn't give it a less rating than I did because I know it was written pretty well. I personally didn't get it and it was too graphic for me to handle. But at the same time, I can understand why it was getting a lot of four or five stars, if that makes sense. So moving on, let me just tell you, this book is centered on a young woman with separate cells and it basically shows how they go through self-discovery and coming to terms with different parts of their self. So the bad, the ugly, the good, and how they maneuver their way through that internal struggle and self-destructive tendencies. So basically why the author dropped Freshwater was to basically show how every part of ourselves exists for a reason. And if we want to change something, we have to first understand why it happened in the first way, develop self-love and acceptance to grow. This is not a hey or H-E-A, a happily ever after. This is not like and you know what? From now on, I'm just gonna <laughs> I'm gonna drop spoilers because it's hard to it's hard to explain these books without dropping spoilers. So I'm gonna just say F it and just drop the spoilers. Listen, this is not a happily ever after. You me reading this book to find out, like, okay, is she does she get happy in the end? And does she live that happily ever after? Is all this suffering for a reason? Like what is it? Listen, I would like to think she's happy in the end, but um, it doesn't seem that way because during this analysis, right, it says at the end, like, she get, not she, I apologize, they, because I'm thinking of Ada, but you know what? She is, her pronouns are is she in this story. So, yes, she, at the end, gets married, but the marriage doesn't end well. So, I would think that this is not, this is not a happily ever after. So, um, just watch out for that. <laughs> um, this was a turbulent story. So, um, yeah, they said, like, Ewen is Otto's husband and their marriage ends badly. So, <sighs> yeah. The good thing about it is that I did learn about Nigerian mythology. It's not considered mythology in their culture. 
but I did learn about their culture and the various deities. And from their point of view, how these other spirits that are considered deities switch in the protagonist's mind. So, oh, yeah, it, it was a lot. Um, if this book is for you and you give it a read, please let me know how you find it. I'm very curious. Okay, so I wanted to bring to you a different story from this one, but when I was on the timeline or whatever, and I saw that she impromptu dropped a story. I'm sorry, it had, I just had to read it. So for this week's pick, it is Wrapped Up in You by Talia Hibbert. Yes, 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 yes. You know, Talia Hibbert is one of our faves here at the Concrete Diaries. She is amazing. She's known for diverse romances. And these stories are, of course, H-E-A, guaranteed, always a happily ever after. That's just a known as fact. This woman is amazing. I personally love her and I thank God for her. Her stories are just top tier, just hit after hit. And this was no different. Um, She's also known for including real ass shit in her stories. And she does put like a trigger warning or a warning at the beginning of the story. And she always says like, I really hope that I did this experience justice um, whether talking about anxiety, depression, um, and this story, the main character does deal with anxiety. She does deal with a history of emotional abuse from her husband. Um, but I love how she really, let me not get ahead of myself. You know what? Let me not get ahead of myself. Let me save the thought after I tell you what this book is about. Okay. So again, this week's pick is Wrapped Up in You by Talia Hibbert. It says, a Christmas friends to lovers romance from Kobo. William Reed is nothing special except for his million-dollar acting to uh, see, except for his million-dollar acting career and his, you know, face. Apparently, it's a good one. Winning Sexiest Man Alive was nice, but this Christmas he has more important goals in mind, like finally winning over his best friend, the super smart and kind of scary Abby. Feral. When a blizzard leaves Will and Abby alone at Grandma Farrell's house, if bunking with 27 cats counts as alone, it's the perfect opportunity to pull off a Christmas miracle. Convincingly clever, frosty Abby 
To give Will a chance will take more than mistletoe, but hiding his lifelong feelings for her is no longer an option. This fun, flirty, and deeply emotional, oops, festive romance is available in ebook and audio format exclusively via Kobo. If you don't already have the reading app on your phone slash tablet, you can download it for free by tapping here. So yeah, so it's exclusively on Kobo. Um, I downloaded the app for free and I believe I paid $1.99 for it. So she dropped this book basically for free period. Like she dropped the audio book. If you can't read it and how I experienced this book, I just read it. It was eight chapters and each chapter is like what, 15 to 20 pages. So it was relatively a short story, but whoa, was it jam packed? Um, this book of course was everything. And, of course, it is an interracial relationship again. And it was a boy next door slash best friends sort of story. And, of course, the man was an actor who resided in California and came back home to win over his childhood Love of his life, heart. So, I'm going to just get into this book right now, child. They've been in love with each other all their life, pining over each other. And because they think it's unrequited love, they move on, but they always find each other down the road, basically. You know, the angst and of course now, here are some themes in this story. You have a famous ex-actor who visits Scotland for Christmas, like they he always does each year, with a plan to woo his childhood best friend And then throw in a pregnant cat, several other cats, mind you, he's allergic to, then throw in a blizzard, throw in a meddling grandmother and meddling brothers, and then throw in a love story. This was such a cute story. It, I wasn't really feeling usually like I love Christmas time or holiday time, whatever this holiday means to you. I love this season. Not for Christmas, but for just the jolly, just the the weather and that warm, tingly feeling. And I wasn't feeling it this year unsurprisingly. But this story really, it really puts you in the mood and it really makes you think of 
that feeling of Christmas again, that jolly, warm, tingly feeling, you know, it really puts you in the mood. So this little novella is like a warm hug, you know? So the heroine in the story is divorced and she did go through such a turbulent road in her marriage. And it was emotional abuse. Like she was very unhappy. She was very unloved. And to see her go through that character development of trying to navigate that trauma, to go to therapy, to work on her and find her way back to will it was it was empowering to see and that's why i love this author again she includes the real shit like usually with this childhood love to lovers friends to lovers story to story we never really see like, oh, um, the bad of it, or they moved on to somebody else before finding their way back to each other, like in this story. Because she felt like this man would never love her, and he moved on to this big career in California, countries, hell, continents away, she moved on. She found somebody else and that person did not love her. And <laughs> it's so funny because this man, Will, who was in love, who is in love with her all his life, was even an usher at her wedding, stood by her through her marriage, you know? gave her space, gave her support. Like, time and time again, I read Talia's stories and I'm like, how does she conjure up these unicorns? Like, I say this so much times and I know y'all tired of me saying it, but this man is literally perfect, you know? Doesn't force her, gives her options, say, I will wait for you. And I will hold your hand as you get your shit together. Like, you won't do this alone, you know? Takes cues. She wasn't able to verbalize everything that she wanted and more. But he was able to read her, just looking into her eyes and realizing exactly what she needed when she needed it. And vocalizing exactly where he stood because he knew that was her love language. Ugh, come on. <sighs> this man was everything. Just cats and Christmas and just cuteness, you know? So, wow. <sighs> okay, let's move on from that. Let's get back to the emotionally abusive relationship with Abby. Yeah, she came with a lot of baggage and trauma 
And she does come off as cold and blunt. And Talia did put in, like, this sort of woman cannot take typical social cues. We realize later down the road that it's just walls to protect herself. That she believes that she loves too much, too fast. That she's asking for too much. And it's like, when she's face-to-face with everything that she wants and more, she then believes that she doesn't deserve it. And it makes me realize that that's where a lot of people are at, you know? It's not that we're really that afraid of love or being loved. We just feel as though we don't deserve it. That we love too hard, that we're asking for too much, that we're just not ready. And then when we come face to face with something that we truly deserve, something that we've been asking and praying for, we back off. We run away. We feel as though, again, we don't deserve it. That is just a dream. Like this person might end up hurting us down the road or in turn we might end up hurting that person or that person might run away from us because of how we are the way we are and it's like we have this fear when we realize that no they're not running away they're here for the long haul they're here for the winters of our life the fall too and they want all of us you know, they want every part of us. And I think that's when we get afraid. So I was reading some of the reviews of this book and I agree. I agree with a lot of these reviews. Um, for context, these two persons are in their 30s. They have 20-odd years of friendship. And I love the cute moments, but I agree. Like, for example, this one review was talking about Abby's anxiety was exhausting and being in her head was like being stuck on a loop. I kind of agree with that. You know, it wasn't always rainbows and unicorns, unfortunately. And like I said, Talia Hibbert has a habit of including situations like these. No, I like you. And then after saying that now, it made things worse because again, she doesn't want to hear all that. She feels as though he doesn't know what he's talking about. It's just like a little crush. Like he'll get over it. Mind you, he's been loving you since before you went to college before you got married and by the time he came around to try to express his feelings you were already married 
And he was there supporting you through all of that. And this book basically is just like her pushing him away, not ready for it. And it's not because she doesn't love him. It's because she's afraid, afraid of him truly not loving her as much as she loves him. That's, that's the only thing. If she honestly was just like, listen, I'm not ready. I don't love you. I would have been like, okay, you're entitled to your feelings and he should respect that. But the only reason, which was sort of pissing me off, because the only reason why she was pushing him away was because of her fear. Because of her fear, because she was just like, that was kind of what ruined my last marriage, even though her last marriage wasn't her fault. It's just because the person who she married was an asshole, abusive asshole out of that. But because of trauma and the way trauma warps our mind, we believe that it's our fault when it's not the case. So she was just like, listen, if he truly realizes how much I love him, and I'll do anything for him, he would run away. My love for him would scare him. And it's not him that I'm worried about. It's me that I'm worried about. But uh, the thing is, though, as she's doing that, she doesn't realize that you're already hurting him. You know how much time this man has been rejected in these short eight chapters? How much time he's been pushed away and his feelings thrown back in his face and how much this woman is just like, you don't know what you want. And your, your feelings will pass. I hate when people tell me how I feel, how I'm supposed to feel, how I'm supposed to act. Like, no, I said what I said. It's one thing again for her to say, listen, I'm not ready for all that. Then for you to sit here and try to tell me how I feel. Now you're just being disrespectful. And I don't appreciate it. So, whew. Now, listen. I kind of want to talk about um, just for trigger warning, apart from the emotional domestic abuse, there are themes of child abuse. So just be aware of that. So if it, just trigger warnings, this book does include domestic abuse, like I said, child abuse and anxiety. So if you do not fare well with those themes, please do not read this book. We are all about preserving our mental health. Here are some cons with this book. I truly love this book. I do. But I kind of wish Talia didn't put us in their heads so much. Of course, you guys know that I love point of views, different point of views. I love to see the experience from, you know, the different characters. 
But it sometimes it gets too much. Sometimes the inner working or the inner musings of these people's minds can get overwhelming. And sometimes it's unnecessary. Certain points in this story, we didn't need to know the minuscule detail of each and every experience. We didn't know, need to know. To be honest, I wish I got more of the plot from like the surrounding characters, from Chase and her grandmother and hell, even her mom, a little bit more backstory of how we got there. Yeah, we got a backstory. It was kind of cute, but it was too brief for me. Like, I wish we had more of a backstory. Hell, even to include, like, the day of her wedding to go in and marry this person when even till that day she was still in love with Will. A backstory on that would have been nice to see where her head was at, where his head was at. Like, oh shit. You know, you know, in those movies where <laughs> where um the love of your life is marrying someone else, and then they stand up to say, you know, does anybody um object to this marriage? I object and da da da. Like, maybe even that, like just for the dramatics would have been nice. Um, but there were, it was too much of point of view that was just, um, kind of a waste of time in certain parts. So I just wanted to know why she didn't do more of a backstory. I do recommend this book. I do. It's short. It really will put you in that Christmassy mood. It will give you all the feels. I just feel like Talia Hibbert needs to be in charge of crafting men. You know, no, that sounds that sounds really bad. I don't want God to strike me down. But I just feel as though the way she conjures up these men. Chef's kiss, bruh. She is so good. Like <laughs> she is so good. No matter what race, what background. They're all handsome. They're all handsome. So I just feel as though she just needs to, that needs to be her job because she, she does a really good, amazing job with that. Okay. Overall, as I'm wrapping up this kind of review, um, some pros, I love that the big girls gets the guys in these stories. Like, Talia Hibber is known for that. Plus size girls wins in the end. You know? The stories or books of plus size romances are few and far between. So that representation of us finding happiness is very much appreciated. Another thing that Talia Hibbert is known for is that she always creates prickly characters. Like, either they're both sarcastic and come off as cold or whatever, or you have one character that's really prickly and then the other one that's, like, full of sunshine, so they balance each other out. And that's the case for this story. 
it kind of can get redundant, but I don't know. It it just works when she does it. Um, I love that they have themes of mental health and advocation for therapy. Um, therapy is very necessary and how it's just seen as an everyday mundane thing, which is socially acceptable. Um, so I love that advocation. I love the supportive family. I love that in this essence, and yes, another spoiler alert, spoiler alert. So if you don't want to hear this fast forward, this hard spoiler. I do love when they finally got together and realized that, yes, we both love each other, blah, blah, blah. I love that in the end, she was just like, I love you, but I still need to work on myself. I still need to go back to therapy. And he was like, okay, I'm away for you. I will still wait one year for you, you know? And that sets a good tone because no, love does not fix everything. We, of course, we love a happily ever after, but love does not fix everything. You still need to go to therapy. You still need time. You still need, you know, to work on you. So I appreciated her for saying that because it does not erase all her problems. It does not erase all her trauma. So of course now she... She needed to work through that. And she did. I saw one review and I kind of have to agree. And this is a con. With Talia Hibbert. I love her romance, romantic um, scenes or her sex scenes. They're, They're usually good. And this, it didn't really work. Um, I knew it was like a last minute add-on. But I preferred all that sexual tension that wasn't met. And, you know, that was cute. But then you just throw in like a quick shag and it it didn't work. And it kind of did feel redundant. Literally a scene that you can find in another one of her books, like, word for word. So, um, I kind of wish she didn't put that in there because I didn't see the point of that. I mean, legit, we're on the last page and you just threw that in there. It kind of seems as an effort afterthought. It wasn't really like planned out. It wasn't really expanded upon. You didn't usually get the feels I usually get with Talia Hibbert. I kind of wish she left that out. The book was fine with just sexual tension that wasn't met you could have just left it at that you didn't have to add the extraness um I really do wish that the backstory was kind of you know more expanded upon um and a backstory on different areas of their life so it kind of ties in well, how did we get here? How did we realize that enough was enough and we wanted to just confess to each other? So, uh, yeah. 
it was a cute, fun, flirty, Christmassy novella, and I highly recommend it. Hallmark Christmas movie feels. So, um, yeah, give it a read and let me know. This book is called Wrapped Up in You by Talia Hibbert, available exclusively on Kobo. All right, as we're powering down, I just want to thank everyone who came out to our Saturday Night Live slash Saturday Night Chat on Euphoria's One Bridge um, episode or special or whatever that came out on a part one called Rue. If you did not show up for that, um, I believe, I don't, you know what, I don't want to promise anything, but I would hope we do another one of those in the future, especially when Euphoria Part 2, Jewel, comes out on January 24th. If you did not get a chance to watch um, Part 1, Rue, I believe it's available on Hulu, um, definitely HBO, of course, Xfinity, what have you not. It was really, really amazing. Um, Demos Poems and I sat down to discuss the conversations that was had in that episode, what euphoria means to us, what it unveiled and related to society, and how we move forward from that. We had a lot of things to say about euphoria and just the state of our world now. We did a mental check-in. Um, shout out to people who came out and just joined the convo. It was everything and more. So if you didn't get a chance to come hang with us, we'll probably do it again um, after part two drops just to do another like, whoa, what was that episode? Hopefully they do as good as a job as they did with part one, but we'll just have to wait and see. As we are heading into this holiday season, um, I have my Mariah Carey Christmas vinyl on deck. We're starting to hang up the lights and get into that spirit. And I want to see how you all are getting into the spirit. So definitely tag Books and Culture or hashtag TCD on any platform, Twitter, Instagram, whatever, because I want to see how y'all are getting to the Christmas spirit. We want to spread that joy around this holiday season. I want to see your holiday book picks, holiday decorations. We just got to spread that cheer, y'all, and make it through. So hashtag TCD or hashtag books and culture so I can see how y'all are getting into the holiday spirit. Well, that's all for now, folks. Thank you for listening. If you want to find more ways to support this show, I'm going to give you some three easy peasy steps. One, follow. You can find us on Twitter at Diaries Concrete and Instagram at The Concrete Diaries. Two, subscribe. 
don't be shy. Click that subscribe button so you don't miss out on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast fix. Three, leave a rating and a review. You like what you hear? Well, let us know by dropping a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. Your positive feedback promotes us on the platform and helps other unicorns find us. If you need something else, well, here's one thing. You can now join our Patreon. That's right, folks. We are now on Patreon. So if you want to join the TCD crew, click that link in the description. It's right there for you. For more info on all things TCD, please visit our site at www.theconcretediaries.com. As always, keep blooming from the concrete and I'll see you in the next one.